In the words of Helen Keller, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Welcome to episode 27, and on this episode, I'm chatting with Allie Phillips, Michelle Drupetti, and Colin Piercing. They're the founders of Illinois Events Coalition. They're doing some amazing work fighting to save the events industry since the coronavirus pandemic hit, and I wanted to get them on the podcast to shine a light on the incredible work they're doing. We discuss why the coalition was formed the progress and challenges so far, why it's important to have these coalitions versus just writing your senators or Congress individually, the purpose of the coalition and what they hope to accomplish, tips on how pros and other states can either form their own coalition or write their local officials, some alarming numbers on how much the events industry has lost this past few weeks alone, lessons from COVID, and more. Hi friends, welcome to my podcast, Let's Talk About It. My name is Akeshi Akinshaya, party planner, event designer, business coach, author, and founder of Cash Events, and I am your host. Each week, I'm going to bring you conversations about life, business, events, lifestyle, weddings, and everything in between. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Let's dive in. Welcome back. All right. So I want to take some time to talk about what the Illinois Events Coalition is about. And then I want to share a little bit about their founders as well. So the Illinois Events Coalition was founded by Allie Phillips of Engaging Events by Allie, Colin Piercing of Colin Piercing Photography, and Michelle Dupetti of Michelle Dupetti Events. Um, They are supported by over 200 businesses who employ hundreds of dedicated career event professionals. And their coalition represents the thousands of wedding and events businesses located throughout the city of Chicago and Illinois who have been severely affected by the necessary public health mandates impacting businesses during this pandemic. They are a diverse collection of creatives that include women, minorities, and LGBT business owners dedicated to providing services to our fellow citizens. The special events industry responsible for producing the city's weddings, galas, and corporate events is at its core a constellation of small businesses. Here are a few facts that you may not know. Because the industry's busy season, which is April to September, has aligned exactly to pandemic-related shutdowns, there is an urgency to support these small businesses, which make the majority of our annual revenue in this time. Chicago-area venues alone are projecting losses of more than $460 million in food and beverage revenue from canceled corporate and social events like weddings from March to September of 2020, with that figure growing daily. In 2019, there were 71,045 weddings in Illinois, mostly in Chicago, which created nearly $1.8 billion statewide. This total increased to $2.8 billion 
when accounting for the luxury wedding market. Nearly 90% of industry professionals have canceled events for this season. Pretty alarming, right? Now I want to share a little bit about our amazing guests today, who are the founders of the Illinois Events Coalition. Ali Phillips is the chief wedding orchestrator of Engaging Events by Ali and is truly a leader in the wedding industry. She has been named one of the top Chicago wedding planners in the Chicago Magazine and was selected by the editor of Brides Magazine as one of Chicago's favorite wedding planners. Michelle Dupetti earned the title one of the country's top 50 planners in 2018, was named Woman of Style in 2017, was selected as a Bride's Choice winner on Wedding Wire in 2013, and Best of Wedding Planners um, on The Knot in 2014. Since the inception of Michelle Dupetti events in 2008, Michelle has planned and produced over 350 weddings and events. Colin Piercing is an international award-winning wedding bridal fashion and editorial photographer and educator based in Chicago. Combining his unique past in photojournalism, sports, and fashion photography, he created a style that is both candid and dramatic. Colin is dedicated to a personalized approach with all of his clients, reflected in the images he captures of their life-defining moments. This was a very informative interview, and everyone in the events industry should definitely listen to this and support them. Let's dive in. I have my dear friends, Michelle Drupetti, Ali Phillips, and Colin Pearson on my on the podcast on this episode. So we're going to be talking about our events industry and a really good movement that's happening right now. So hi, Michelle. Hi, Colin. Hi, Ali. Hi, Akashi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? How are you guys feeling today? We're great. We're doing pretty well. How about you? I'm hanging. I'm hanging. It's been a busy day. I've been talking all day. So I'm sure you guys <laughs> are too. So um, I have my glass of champagne, so I don't know what you guys are having. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little rosé. I have a little rosé with me today. Rosé, champagne, all good. Straight up bourbon. <laughs> I need a drink. I'm going to get a drink. I'll be back. <laughs> so if you are a creative or if you own a small business, if you don't have a glass of wine a day, then you're probably not doing it right because this is what's keeping us <laughs> This is what's keeping us sane. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm excited to have you guys here because you guys are doing something phenomenal, something super amazing that we need in right now in our industry. And I, I wanted to bring you guys on to talk about, you know, on a serious note, something, a movement that is happening that is much overdue that we need and is really going to change, I think, the direction of our events industry. So I'm excited to have you guys here. I know you guys are being super busy, but I appreciate you guys taking time to chat with us and share a little bit more about your, um, the coalition. So, um, and Michelle, we'll start with you. So tell us a little bit more about the Illinois Events Coalition. 
I will gladly tell you that, but I also want to say thank you right back to you for having us here today because um, it's such an opportunity for us to connect with everyone who is inspired by you and follows you on this podcast and talk a little bit about what we have created. So thank you for that on behalf of all of us. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to have you guys. So so now, now let's dive into the Illinois Events Coalition. So The Illinois Events Coalition is a collection, um, a constellation basically of small business owners that make up the wedding and special events and events industry in Illinois. Um, We are entrepreneurs, we are gig economy workers, we are consultants and contractors and small businesses. And what we all have in common, uh, although many of us, we're all creatives, we are all makers in our own right, um, but we all differ a little bit. Uh, The one thing we share in common is we come together to create once-in-a-lifetime experiences for our clients. And what we share is the reality and the passion that events for us are not just our job, but they're a calling. And so throughout this industry, we work with thousands of engaged couples. We produce conferences, concerts, galas, expos, um, grand openings, you name it. Anytime there's an event that you're going to be at something that's of the networking kind related to your work or maybe through a fundraiser with your favorite nonprofit, there is event production behind that. So sound, lighting, floral, catering, design, uh, planning, photography, film, uh, stationery, transportation, and the list goes on. So we, we are those people. We are, like I mentioned, that constellation of small businesses. Right now, we are about 200 strong in the coalition. Um, what we have come together to do is be a collective voice for all of the the businesses and the business owners and those people who contribute to our industry that I mentioned before. Uh, We want to be a collective voice to our legislative um, policymakers, lawmakers, influencers, so that we are properly and effectively represented to them so they know who we are, how we contribute to and impact our economy in Illinois, and how we have been impacted by the coronavirus. And so- We came together really with those three, um, those three specific goals in mind. Gotcha. And you said two hundred members strong. Right now, yes, we we call we call them supporters, um, because we we love that word um, because we're all sort of standing together in uh, in solidarity. And it was amazing. Uh, Within twenty four hours, we were at like one fifty, and social media channels were growing. Yeah, Yeah. So every day, every day, it's being it's being added to. Yeah, and when did this, this launch like a week? Uh, I think it's been like almost two weeks, right? Yes, so as I'm sure you can all relate, um, tracking time during this COVID pandemic is not the easiest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I keep forgetting what day it is. Um, but yes, it's been about two weeks. Uh, we, we started a conversation, Allie and Colin and I sort of separately and then collectively started conversations about two weeks prior to that um, and really started laying down groundwork, how we wanted to structure, what our objectives were, sort of like the way you'd write a, a, a business plan uh, which I know, Akesha, you talk a lot about the importance of setting goals and having plans and what is it going to look like. So we definitely talked about our logo and Colin was instrumental in designing the website. Allie was instrumental. I call her my, she's like my CIA deep dive <laughs> information person. Like she can find out anything on the interwebs, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so we all played to our strengths and we set a collective task list 
that had objectives and goals included in that list on how we wanted to create it and then how we were going to communicate out to the industry to make sure that they knew about it. Yeah. So how do you feel in terms of the support so far? How do you guys feel about uh, in the last few weeks in terms of like people sharing stuff? Have, have you received enough support or do you feel like we should be screaming more about it? We should be sharing more about it. How's that going? Allie, I think you should take that one. Yeah. I mean, I think we feel, you know, the, with the day we launched April 30th, uh, we did like a little, told people what we were doing. And then we all picked, you know, a call to action at 11:30 AM. And it was amazing to just, we had said, you know, share the graphics, uh, tag your elected officials. And so it was immediate that we realized that what we were doing was really needed because people were signing up right away, texting us, calling us, emailing us. So the, from the beginning, from when we started, we thought we know we're doing something that people need. Um, and then people continue to share it and you would, you know, you'd go like Michelle, she said, look at, you know, she texted me one and she said, look at, you know, uh, Senator Duckworth's Instagram. And, you know, you'd look at like where she was tagged and it was like Amazing. two pages of our graphics. So the outpouring of love and support happened immediate right away and it continues to do so. Yeah. Um, we hosted our first webinar yesterday mm -hmm. introduced, which I know we're going to talk in a little bit more about introduce what we were up to and what we've been doing and what our plans were. And um, that then generated a lot of more signups as well. And a lot more emails that we got from people saying, how can I help? And, and more signups, more people tapping onto the support and joining us to su be supporters with us. Yeah. I was in a webinar and I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. Social media. They, I, I, you know, I read an article the other day that social media usage is up like seventy-two to seventy-five percent. So, even with the emails that we reached out to people that we know, like we'd sent you the email, Akeshi, um, and we just said share with everyone. But then when the when it all hit at eleven thirty, it was just it was amazing to see that it had just it had grown so far just from like, hey, let's send some emails and let's press send on this. So. Yeah, you, you start somewhere, but I, I think more than anything else, just the message and your mission and everything, the agenda, what you guys are trying to achieve is, is, is beyond amazing. It's nothing well, I've seen since I've been in business over eight years. So I'm, I'm excited to support it and scream about it and share as much as we can. So my question too is like, who is it for? Exactly. I know it's for, is it Illinois? You have to, you have to live in Illinois or what are the requirements to be a supporter? So that is a really good question. And the answer is basically we welcome anyone who okay. is interested in learning about what we are doing. We are created specifically with the purpose of advocating, educating and supporting fellow vendors and business owners in our industry in Illinois. But that doesn't mean that, for example, there are vendors that we work with in Illinois who are not based in Illinois, who may want to support or be a part of this. And yeah. we welcome that. Um, and Allie can speak a little bit about, you know, we took a page out of the book of the DC Events Coalition, which I know we'll get to in a minute. And they were extremely gracious with us in Illinois on sharing their insights. They were a little bit farther down the road. So they shared a little with us on how they got started. So there is definitely the opportunity for people to support from wherever they are within the country with the hopes that they can learn a little bit, perhaps be inspired to start their own, 
and share information too, because as we know, with everything rolling out in our country, left to each individual state, state by state, everything is different and we can learn from each other. So while we encourage specifically all members of the events and wedding community in Illinois to sign up at IllinoisEventsCoalition.com, we certainly don't limit to Illinois wedding and event vendors. That's good to know. So everybody's welcome. Any software, yes. anyone, anywhere yeah. can be. So yeah, that's fantastic. And that, I think sometimes with like with Illinois, like there might be a confusion of like, is this for Illinois members? Because I, I had some people ask me on Facebook, like, can I reshare this? Is it okay? Mm -hmm. And I was like, absolutely. So that's yes. good to know that anybody can be a supporter because our industry is one. Like we're one big, you know, right. family. Yeah, and, and we're all sort of, you know, I love this quote. There was a quote from Martin Luther King that I loved, and he said, we may not have all gotten here on the same boat, but we are now all in the same boat together. And I love that because what this pandemic has shown in multiple industries, for example, in addition to being part of this industry, my family also has restaurants, even yeah. in the restaurant industry. If we don't stand together, we've, we fall down separate. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for <clears throat> we are all in this together and joining together. Like Ali mentioned, how we launched. It was a grassroots effort. We went to our friends within the industry. Please utilize your social media platforms that you've lovingly curated. Like Akeshi, you were one of the first people I reached out to because you have such a phenomenal following. And so many people listen to what you have to say. And I knew we could reach people Absolutely. that we might not otherwise reach. And you work with a team of creatives producing your weddings that I might not work with or Allie might not work with or Colin might not. So that was another really key component to how we launched was reaching to our contacts that we trust, sort of soft launching, hey, take a look at this, what do you think? And then a lot, going one step farther and saying to as many people as we could, this is what we want to do, are you in? If you are, share it with the world. And yes, all of those posts are always shareable. Awesome. I love it. I remember my first reaction was, hell yeah. Like, what was it? Like, we totally need this right now. And bravo to you guys for really just not talking about it, but actually doing it and making it happen. So seeing that come to life is, you guys should be so proud of your efforts two weeks in. And I think that the, the journey from here is only going to be better and better and better. So we're one, we're a community of all, like all the different works from caterers to planners and designers and there's so much we can do together and from each person just doing their part and cross-promoting through their different platforms mm -hmm. change can happen and so much can happen so bravo to you guys I'm super excited for the the journey and the future of what's about to happen Thank you. um okay so Allie is it yeah. safe to say like this started in DC so when Michelle and I and Colin were talking about you know the phone call that happened was what can we do you know what what it's what's it's not being done what can we do and um then it stemmed from like we could and how do create, we do it and how do we do it right so we could create something and i was like wait a minute i thought i was gonna like netflix and chill this time <laughs> but I, now i've got some you know like this is it like Allie, go for it right so i kind of started you know we went onto the google machine right and i started looking around and I found the DC Events Coalition and I clicked into it and started reading. I was like, this is, this is kind of what we're talking about, right? And then I, their founding members, they had started in the middle of March because DC got hit right away, the first. And um, I saw someone's logo, a person that I know, that I met on a trip to uh, Tennessee to an experience, a fam trip 
to experience a property that I've now worked at. And we bonded and then I'd seen her after that um, at an industry conference. And I, I sent her a message and I said, Jeanette, it's Jeanette Tavares of Evoke DC. Um, they do corporate and nonprofit and social events. Beautiful work. Beautiful work. She's so incredibly talented and she's just got a heart of gold. And I sent her a message on Instagram, you know, late on a Saturday night. We, you know, no one's out, we're not working. And she replied right away, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And I said, I'm, hey, a friend, you know, three friends of mine and I are, three of us are thinking about starting this. And we hopped on a call on Sunday and we talked, you know, for about an hour. And she gave us, she gave me like immediate ideas of ways that we could coordinate, gave us tips and advice. And then Michelle and I and Colin had talked that same Sunday and we're like, let's do it. What do we name it? Michelle and I were online, like picking like URL, like website addresses and it happened like that quickly. But, you know, and then we scheduled a call with Jeanette um, that week as well. So the three of us could get to know her. And um, in the same time too, we found the Live Events Coalition, a gentleman um, who's actually based in Indiana. His name's Isaac Rothwell. And he, we hopped on a call with them too. And someone from the DC founding board also sits on the Live Events. And that's another coalition that started. So we're all talking and sharing and mentoring and cross, you know, I found a resource and I sent it to them and they added it to their site. They have resources that they right. sent to us. You know, they've got great webinars that they're doing every Tuesday in the morning and everyone's welcome. Their last webinar had over 600 people Fantastic. and it's amazing. So I think in that regard, it just shows the compassion that everyone in this industry has for each other. Yeah. Um, Michelle and Colin and I have been on another call with other event professionals that are thinking about doing it in their city. So okay. for us, it's like advocacy for Illinois, but then advocacy for the entire industry, the industry which is yeah. so affected right now. Yeah. And that's the beauty of community. Like we're, it might be in different states, but we're one big community and the goal or, you know, is the same. It doesn't. And I love that another state DC is helping and everyone is on the same page and everybody's sharing resources and, you know, on board and supporting you guys. So that's fantastic. Um, Michelle, what are your frustrations with the lack of a unified events industry voice? I know you talk about this a lot. So this is a great question for you. This is one of my favorite questions <laughs> um, and, and a huge motivating component to why I called Allie. Allie said earlier when she was speaking, you know, I, I was on the phone with Michelle really early in the morning and there was a particular Friday about two weeks prior before we launched the coalition where I had sort of had it up to my eyeballs. Um, I, I just felt, I, I felt frustrated because as a restaurant owner, you know, our realities right now are that we are operating at, you know, anywhere from a 60 to an 80% loss, right? Even though we're doing delivery and carry out, restaurants in Chicago are not doing well. However, the Illinois Restaurant Association, who has always been there, both for educational components as well as advocacy, was able to evolve very quickly into becoming a unified voice to lead the charge in Illinois to help restaurant owners. Mm -hmm. So I, I, would, I would receive daily email updates. Here's what you can apply for in terms of aid. Here is a webinar you can listen to in, in terms of how to understand the aid you might be qualifying for and things like that. And I kept looking and looking for someone who was doing that in our industry. And I think where we differ um, from say the wedding industry or the uh, restaurant industry is we are, we are such small business owners. We're so 
So many of us, some of us are husband and wife teams, some of us are solopreneurs. Restaurants now, restaurant hospitality groups, restaurants with more than one location, they have bandwidth. And a lot of us are small and we're creatives and we are business people as sort of as a consequence of being creatives that, that we want to, you know, we want to capitalize on that, right? So there was no organization. There was no such place that offered both education and advocacy. There are wonderful organizations throughout our industry that educate and teach and offer continued education and offer inspiration. And there are conferences that you can go to a wealth of them, but no such place for advocacy because really, did we need it? you know? And I don't know. So I, I called Allie and I was like, we got it. I can't, I can't just complain and like shake my fist in the air. I, I want to put my money where my mouth is for lack of a better term. And I put her on the spot and I was like, <clears throat> what about you? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> and, um, and thankfully, because she is one of my closest, dearest friends. Um, and you know this about me, Akeshi too. And so does my wonderful husband. Um, when I get something in my head, it's like, forget it. So why was I frustrated? Because we had nowhere to go. Yeah. The fact that we were left out of a lot of the aid that was being offered was problematic. The fact that a lot of the businesses that we are couldn't qualify for PPP or those people who are contractors in our industry couldn't apply for unemployment was problematic for me because I was listening to people that I love and care about lose their jobs, not be able to provide for their families. They were scared. They were frustrated. They were in free fall. And that was not okay. So that was, that was why I ended up calling Allie. And I was really fired up that day. She was, it was 7.20 AM. She was really fired. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that the frustration, the frustration for the lack of voice was ultimately what motivated us to try to create the voice. And that's now what we're trying to do is with very mindful steps, um, education and reputable sourcing is always at the forefront of everything we do. We're trying to become a place that people can come to, to learn, um, obviously find solidarity and comfort and also resources. You know, Colin created that website, our Illinois events coalition.com website. Mm -hmm. Colin created it in three days, but it was the most, I mean, it was 24 straight hours of design in three days. Wow. And that, you know, he can speak a little bit to that because while Allie was doing the research and I was crafting the verbiage, he was laying it out so that it could be a place people could come to a space where people could feel okay in, in a time when no one feels okay. I think too, what I got is not overwhelmed because I think we've been hit with so much information. Mm -hmm. Everyone is on overload. And I think not qualifying was one thing, but also actually understanding what you needed. Yeah. And I know, Colin, you guys have shared on the website, on the Facebook group, resources that people probably didn't know about like i have people that still don't understand what ppp is or you know what resources were out there what grants were out there and you guys are compiling all that information so it's become a central website not just for support but resources and the next step so colin if you want to speak about that i would love to get your opinion on that too yeah so i mean it's it's kind of one of those things where we were all, I think, a little bit frustrated about this process. I know Michelle can speak on the restaurant side about the lack of information or trickling in of information that was happening across uh, various fronts related to uh, PPP or to loans, grants, et cetera. And translating that over to what happens in the wedding and event industry was fairly easy because 
we've already seen that frustration. And when we set up the site, we wanted to create a place where, all right, there's maybe 10 or 12 links on that site. Those are slam dunk links that you should be going to uh, uh, and applying or finding out information. We're not going to give you 12 pages of documents to read through or whatever and um, post every single little thing that happens. We want to give you the things that are the most impactful for this industry because frankly, I was overwhelmed. Uh, me being a sole proprietor, I hadn't had a check come in since uh, early February. So, you know, for myself personally as well, uh, being a sole proprietor, not having unemployment, I was in that boat too. And being able to utilize these resources we put together personally myself um, was a test of, of kind of how the system worked and how the site worked. Mm -hmm. And we're really trying to keep it um, as condensed with the amount of information we have, but also keep the information coming in for everybody, which I think is really important right now. Absolutely. And you guys have done an amazing job with the website because like I said, I went on and I didn't feel, I felt like I had a clear direction yeah. of what needed versus a lot of like links and information that was overwhelming. And you, like everybody else, were in a very unusual situation that we were not, we were not prepped for, you know, it was always work hard and deliver the best service though. What about this side of the business? So it's been so amazing in the past two weeks to just have a safe place where you can engage in social media and share your struggles and you can actually go to the site for the information you need and that's it versus a bunch of other stuff. Cause there's been some, there's been a lot of groups. Unfortunately, some groups were just adding more stress and anxiety completely than, than comfort. So this has been fantastic. And like I said, what you guys have accomplished in two weeks is beyond amazing. So you guys should be pouring yourselves multiple glasses of champagne for your progress so far. Thank you. Oh, definitely. Thank you. And you know, one of the, one of the big things too, is that we have a, we have a, a method of communication. Now. We started mm -hmm. an email address info at IL event events coalition.com. And that way it becomes a two way street of communication. So if people do have questions, they can reach out and we potentially could maybe find some answers for them. Mm -hmm. Um, or at least we can add it to the list of questions that we need to ask uh, those people who are making decisions um, if they can clarify them. So that's one of the big things that becomes that two-way street as opposed to a, a Facebook, you know, thread with 68 mm -hmm. comments and yeah. there's, no real, there's no real direction. So oh. we wanted to definitely create some direction by having the site and having the social media channel as well. Yeah, I love that because it's a way to like some people are not comfortable also writing in a group because of like you said, just the comments and just having an email and you guys are taking time while you're dealing with what we're dealing with, by the way, you're no, you know, you're not exempt and taking the time to actually cater to people one on one and your supporters. That's fantastic. Um, Michelle. Mm -hmm. So we talked about reaching out as a coalition versus individually. Mm -hmm. Why is it more beneficial as a coalition versus writing, a, you know, one-on-one? -on -one? So here's what I can tell you that I've learned. I've learned, I've learned much, much about how to affect change with elected officials via letters in the, in recent days. Colin, scooch over. I'm not close enough to the mic. Okay. See, this is being married in a time of quarantine. You have to share a microphone. <laughs> um, what I have learned is this. We were very fortunate. One of our very dear colleagues, uh, Lori Stevenson of Lola Events, uh, put us in touch with a young woman who is very well versed in lobbying. She is 
she works in Illinois in the public affairs uh, sector, and she's just wonderfully, wonderfully smart and extremely gracious. And she has donated her time in helping us learn how to do this. Because again, as we've said multiple times, what was so important to us is becoming a, a, a reputable, verifiable, legitimate source that people could go to. This and this was a this was right away something that was extremely important to Allie. So I have to give her credit for this. She was like, "We need." our sources need to be legit. We need to know where this is coming from. If we're going to take up this charge, it is our responsibility that what we are sharing is, is good and sourceable. So and like nonpartisan and non-emotional, like we're emotional, but also the like very level headed and how we passionate. Share. Yeah. 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 And so what we learned was this, when you address uh, uh, when you address a letter to an elected official. First of all, there's obviously a wealth of places you can send letters. So in the last week, we have sent 18. So we sent letters to uh, Governor Pritzker, Mayor Lightfoot, um, Senators Duckworth and Durbin, and then all of the reps in Illinois, the state reps. And it's interesting when you go on the website, it can get very overwhelming when you go on any one singular website, there isn't necessarily a contact me where you get an email address and you can fill out a form like so many of our websites have, right? So we're dying for that contact from potential clients. Constituents for many of these people number in, you know, number in the hundreds of thousands. So it's very interesting. Are you interested in scheduling a meeting? Are you interested in having an opinion on, you know, what's happening with COVID-19? So there's all these places that you, you sort of indirectly make contact. So we created a format for our letter. We went to reputable sources. We spoke with uh, directly with the wedding report and think splendid. And we got impactful, relevant data that, clearly communicated not only what our financial impact and contributions are to the Illinois economy, they then backed up how we were being impacted by COVID. And furthermore, also allowed us to speak very easily to why we are a sector and a facet of the Illinois community that needs to be heard because we are in free fall. You did the research. So you're not just sending letters, you have data to back it up. Yes. It's easy to send an angry letter. They often fall on deaf ears. And what we learned from this young woman who's been helping us um, was that you always want three important takeaways. You want to be very clear when you're addressing how, why should they listen to you? Mm. Um, who are you, right? Why, why are they listening to you? And then also, what do you need from them? So we drafted those, we did that, we took the time to get that knowledge and impart that knowledge into how we crafted the letter. We took the time to do the research for the impactful information, created them, and then we were so lucky. Uh, so several of our supporters, including like Nancy Beal and um, Allie had a friend, who reached out and they were like, look, we have contacts that might be relevant to your efforts. Would you like us to share them? Yes, we would. So it wasn't just an info at or, a, you know, sitting in a pile of letters that they're getting every day. We were able to be very strategic, almost surgical in our precision on how we got to the mayor, how we got to the governor. And then we followed up with you know, traditional snail mail and email as well. And the amazing thing was that within two business days, we heard back from Senator Durbin's office and we had a call with him earlier today. So that kind of, that kind of efficacy and that kind of, um, I think, effort that gets put into crafting the letter is important and not everybody has the time to do that. It can be overwhelming. So I think why it's important to back, say, the efforts of a coalition uh, is because they are, it is our responsibility to do that work because we put ourselves here. 
And that's what we're required to do. So when you come to us, that work's already done. All you have to do is send the letter. Yeah. What I actually took from that was if you're looking for change and if you're looking for attention and if you're looking for, you know, proper response, you have to do the work, even mm -hmm. if it's hard, even if it's challenging yes. in order to get them to listen. Otherwise you just fall into another pile of emails. Yes. There's so a lot of noise going on, right? You yes. See it every day in our, in our world and imagine what elected officials, are, you know, think of them what you will. I prefer to remain nonpartisan when I speak publicly, but I wouldn't want to be in any of their positions right now because, I mean, we deal with the realities of unprecedented circumstances. How do you, how do you even create, forge a path forward? I, I wouldn't want to be the one holding, you know, the shovel or whatever it is you do when you forge a path. But, um, <laughs> you know, so, but I, but I did, I did feel like it would be valid for Allie and Colin and I as a coalition to do this work so that we can then say to them, look, we're your ally here. We're a resource that you can trust. Yeah. And like I said on the call yesterday, one of my favorite lines from Hamilton is, I want to be in the room where it happens. That's, yeah. that's our secondary and, and equally as important goal as a coalition. Wow we ultimately want to cultivate relationships with these policymakers. Our call today was just about that with Senator Durbin's office because we want them to know they can come to us to be a part of those, be a part of those conversations, sit at those tables. That's yeah. important. Absolutely. And that was, my next question was going to ask, and anyone can take this, um, is, what is what are the goals of the coalition? What are you guys hoping to achieve? And Colin can speak to that. So we definitely, we're, we're definitely here to advocate for the Illinois events industry. Uh, we want to advocate for aid, for help with unemployment, PPP, grants, those kinds of things. We basically, um, we also want to have our elected officials know that we are here and we are going to be at the tail end of those that are going to be able to come back to full strength as far as businesses. Mm -hmm. And that is going to have a grave effect. Mm -hmm. uh, so having that seat at the table that Michelle spoke about is going to be incredibly important in order to sustain these businesses who have sustained such massive revenue losses. Um, I think the number of uh, the number for Illinois was 2.8 billion wow. in revenue last year. That's a number that when we got on the call with the representative from uh, Senator Durbin's office, he said, excuse me, 2.8 what? Yeah, and I said, yeah. billion with a B. Yeah, because that's, that's what we contribute and annually. And that's what we contribute annually. Yeah. And, and so the, the coalition really is about forcing home those ideals that, look, we are not going to be the first back, but we need to have a seat at the table and we need to have help. Yeah. And, that is really the the main things that we needed to do and and the uh, the other big thing is obviously providing as many resources as possible um, that are concise correct and and effective for the members of the coalition. Mm -hmm. i like that concise correct and effective um and what i was also going to say too was like just Again, shining a light on the events industry, hearing that number for Illinois, I sat back like, whoa. So I don't think anyone has ever put that together. You guys put that data together. If their mm -hmm. office is yeah. like, wait, what? And yeah. then I was like, wait, what? So for the first time, having a, a coalition that's representing the events industry that's contributing a lot 
to the state and the country is amazing. Can you, if we do the math for the industry as a country, I would be you know, terrified to even see that number because that's a huge contribution that we're doing. Yeah, let me since you're talking about numbers, let me read you a few if you don't mind. Please do. I would, I would I, let's put it there. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so some really interesting information that Allie and Colin and I learned as we were putting together these letters. Um, so as you know, Akeshi, and I'm sure many of, of those of our of your listeners know, um, our industry's busy season normally in Illinois is about from April to October. Right, I think that's fair to say. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately for us, the reality is, is that that busy season has aligned perfectly with pandemic-related shutdowns. Mm -hmm. So unlike the restaurant industry, as I mentioned earlier, the restaurants sustained losses, right? My family's restaurant, but we're still operating. Mm -hmm. So while we, ha we have a 79% loss, we still have a 20.1% something. Mm -hmm. Illinois, the Illinois events and wedding industry is at a standstill. And we conducted a survey when we were starting to draft these letters of our uh, 200 supporters, 60% 60, 60 of their income had already been lost and was growing daily with each reschedule and cancellation. And the really interesting thing when I say that, when I say reschedule and cancellation, um, it's worth noting because these small businesses now are moving clients, many of us are moving clients from 2020 to 2021. So the revenue that would have been coming in in 2020 is no longer coming in. Mm -hmm. so what's left of it is moving to 21 and we can't sell for lack of a better term or offer to clients any 2021 dates that are being taken by 2020 clients in order to accommodate them. Mm -hmm. So it's creating a massive loss of revenue. And this week alone, we learned that 90% of industry professionals have canceled events for the season. 90%. Wow. Yeah, 90%. And the Chicago yeah. area venues just in Chicago alone, food and beverage revenue for venues in Chicago from canceled corporate and social events that includes weddings from March to 2020, uh, excuse me, from March to September of 2020. Can you guess the number? Oh my goodness. I'm scared. <laughs> 460 million in lost in, oh, in revenue already. My God. And wow. the really interesting thing about that is what it triggers is that's food and beverage. Think about the supply chains that we impact. So where, yeah. what happened to that food? What happened to the, yeah. the wine or the soda or the milk, the dairy? Viral, like it's floral market. The floral yeah. market. Yeah. Floral market and then the, our staffing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, the, and, and the thing is, while the numbers are grim, mm -hmm. they're also extremely solid. And what that does is get us that much farther um, ahead in the game and ultimately closer to these ears that want to hear. We were so delighted today to speak um, with Senator Durbin's office. They were extremely engaging. Really, they asked a ton of questions, really interested, and it felt good because they wanted to learn who we were and how we were impacted. That's and a really huge accomplishment. And think again, I go back to two, this was two weeks in, <laughs> and you guys are making that much progress. Like I said, just have the bottle, forget the glass. You guys have done, <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> And if no one is saying that, I'm saying that here in the podcast for everyone to hear, that is fantastic. And it's completely selfless of you guys to just do that and drop everything. Like you said, Ali, you could be Netflix and chilling like everybody else. <laughs> but I know I, bored. <laughs> I can't imagine. I, how I'm not, I mean, I'm used to having a busy life. So for yeah. me, it was like 
but you 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 guys just like everybody else deserve the downtime but you guys are using your time to do this and i can't imagine how many back and forth creating a website on colin's part creating a facebook getting people to support getting people's attention it's not a small feat and like i said huge huge you guys definitely commend you guys on that um and it's it's something that we absolutely need i think for the first time there's a place where industry as an industry in illinois we feel like we have a place to we have a Mm go-to and we have a home you know where our voices are 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 being heard um and even those numbers is out it's out it's crazy Mm -hmm. you know the the biggest thing is is that it's it's that way because and to speak to your point is because we're we're in it we're just as in it as as you are and as everybody else that is uh supporters of the coalition yeah you know Again, I, you know, I haven't had a check since February. Ali, you know, has had to move weddings. Michelle has had to move weddings. Every, you know, yeah, everyone. We're, so we're really Akeshi. all in Akeshi, you too, you know, and like everybody's in it. <laughs> There's yeah. lots of cancellations too. Like. So we're living it just as much. And so that, that relationship, that bond is, is something that we can all really gravitate towards to impact positive change. Well, yeah. Something interesting, Akeshi, I think that you speak a lot about is the beauty of competition and mm-hmm. the fact that we can all be out there. Something I love that you do and Allie does with her coaching and mentoring as well is speaking to people who are up and coming in the industry and letting them know that it's it's beautiful and wonderful to develop your brand and your message and to be out there and not, you know, not every planner is for everybody or not every designer is for every client, but the beauty of the industry we are in is the fact that there is uh, competition and that there is variety because why do clients sign with us? Because we resonate, right? Isn't that what we taught? Why, why does someone love cash events or engaging events or Colin Pearson photography? Because they, something clicks. Why do people come to Gene and Georgetti? Something clicks. And so the beauty of all of us being out there is what makes us awesome. So yeah. that's so important to preserve together. Absolutely. Yeah. The uniqueness of everyone and not, and also that competition is not a bad thing. No, it actually, it actually helps you embrace your uniqueness. Mm-hmm. It helps yeah. you acknowledge how different you are and what you bring to the table. And that's why people would order steak, you know, from Gin and Giorgetti for many years and would never go anywhere else because everything, the experience is different and what you bring right. to the table is different. Um, and we need to acknowledge that and not shy away from that. Well, like um, Michelle said something when we were talking and, you know, saying like, what can we do is she said, and it resonated, it really resonated with me is that she said, we need to preserve mm-hmm. this industry so that when people do start planning and we start seeing events happening again, that they have a choice. Mm. And I think that that resonated with me so much is that it is that this, there's an industry there for couples and for people that are hosting corporate events and social events and nonprofits that they have the opportunity to choose from people because we, and, and it, and it hit, it hit home for me in the beginning of our conversations is that, we yeah. want there to be, there needs to be competition. It, it's what, survive. Yeah. Exactly. It redefines, in my mind, it redefines luxury, right? Because for right. years, we use the word luxury as, what is luxury? Well, luxury is in the experience we're curating or the, the services we're offering. Right now, the luxury is in the fact that there are choices. There is options. That's a luxury. Mm-hmm. And because we don't have it right now, because events are at a standstill, we see it for the first time, as, in my mind, as a luxury. 
And that, that shouldn't be a luxury. That should be something everyone is, uh, has access to and can benefit from. Right. And so I just, it, it, it is, it's, it's very close. It's a very, it's something I feel very strongly about. Absolutely. I also think just now we're talking about competition keeps you on your toes. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know? And you no, learn from each other. Quick little, a quick little story. You know, I had a, I had a, a portfolio re- review that I did for a photographer at a conference two, three years ago. And he said, you know, Colin, I really would like to shoot like you do someday. And I go, you know what? Actually, no. Really, I'd love for you to do better than I did. Mm. And, and that is really the, the point of having a coalition is we want to better everyone and and accept and appreciate the fact that there are differences between everybody in this industry and every um every facet of it and you know whether you're a photographer or a florist you know competition is good but we can all have one voice for something very very important right now well said husband i love that (laughs) i love well that's that's a good quality of a leader and you know and just hoping that people that learn from you are better than you um so that's fantastic okay so uh, we talked about dc now illinois how can other people in different states you know start this because i think every state needs this yeah talk about that so i um i actually just had a conversation with the live events coalition um they actually are getting phone calls uh daily from different parts of the country um, with people either interested in starting up a coalition or have already done so. Uh, Colorado just started one up. There's one forming in right. Florida. Atlanta. Heather, Heather's a part of that, by yes, the way. Wow. Uh, Love her. From Kaluna Events in, in Colorado. Shout out. Um, <laughs> Heather called me back. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, like Atlanta is trying to put something together uh, for Georgia. Um, you know, so... The Live of New York is, yes, absolutely. So um, the Live Events Coalition is a great group to reach out to, to get kind of a good start because yeah. they have access to a lot of resources and they're thinking about things like, can, they, can there be one um, survey account? Can there be one account to sign up for websites? You know, so that, because there are costs involved and and so having shared resources could potentially be beneficial to everyone and also provide some sort of uh, kind of a groundwork uh, for people that want to start up a coalition in your state and if not if you can't get any a hold of anybody there give us a call yeah. shoot yeah. us an email and uh, we'll get it get you in touch with the right people in your state well you were on the phone with them or a zoom with them today to yes. learn how to create the letter generator right yes mm-hmm. which yes. is very cool and that's when they, to our followers that's when we actually just discussed this today oh, awesome. yeah that's yeah. just sharing what you guys did so well mm-hmm. and making sure like they can apply and do it right like the data collection and all of that like, Allie's a really good one <laughs> Allie's a really good one to speak to this too because she's like yeah. you, she's very well connected, and she's been Zuma Palooza lately with a lot of people who are interested. Yeah, with everyone. So if I need something, I'll probably text yeah. you. Too. <laughs> yeah, no, like, and you know, we, I'm, I'm in a call that happens once a week, and, uh, and I had said to the late, the Nor that organizes, I said, could I introduce, just you know, briefly when we before we start the call, the coalition, and then the conversation the whole time on the call was, can we do another call for? So Michelle and I got on a call with everybody and said. 
you know, they ask the questions of like, how can I start it? How do we organize? And Michelle and I gave them all advice and tips the way, just the way that Jeanette and the DC event coalition and the live event coalition um, gave us help. So it's, you know, we want to inspire people to do it in their own cities and States. um, And we are there if they want to have, you know, just pop us an email, we'll schedule a call with you. Yeah, nothing we have done is proprietary. We're happy and gracious and thrilled and willing to send and share. Um, so ileventscoalition.com is how you can find us. And yeah. that's a great place to start if you don't know where else to start. That's the beauty of our industry. It's like, it's, a, it's competitive, but it's also, there's a sense of community where we share these resources. Mm-hmm. So the goal, we have one common goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's all get this stuff done. Yeah, we can. Well, we need to survive. Let's this also work. survive, right? Let's yeah. get on the yeah. side of this. We need to survive this. And mm-hmm. then I was going to ask too, like in five years, like if you fast forward five years, mm-hmm. what do you see? What do you hope for? With the coalition? Yeah. A year, five years, three years from now. I would like to see... I would like to see this coalition continue to grow and develop and be a place where networking can happen, where education can happen. Allie and I and Colin feel very strongly that there also needs to be a very um, charitable component to what we're doing. We want to be able to give back maybe um, in the upfront short term right now, something like food banks or something charitable to event workers that maybe can't put food on the table. We've had conversations like that, very much taking a lead from DC um, in their coalition because they're doing wonderful work we want to offer educational components. I see all of that staying and I see the advocacy side staying. I think if we are forged in and burnished by fire right now, we will be stronger and smarter than had we started on a random Tuesday (laughs) pre-COVID. And I think there will be a need for it moving forward because I think what we're learning now more than ever is unified, as I mentioned before, unified as a collective, we stand strong by ourselves, I think a lot of us feel overwhelmed and small. And Absolutely. so I hope we continue to grow. And I think, I mean, don't you think, Allie, that there's a space for that? Yeah, I, I totally, absolutely, yes. And I, and there's a space now in this emergency, but then as we make it through it and navigate it through it over the next, you know, 12 months mm-hmm. is doing it together and then things coming out of it, which is education, support, charitable aspects I, yeah i think michelle and is, is said it perfectly yeah all of it just everything you guys are doing now like, and yeah you know ali you make a very good point because on the back end of this and and i truly hope that the back end of this virus comes soon uh more so than later you know people do have those ppp loans people do have those eidl grants people do have these things that they are potentially getting Mm -hmm. and they're going to need guidance on the back end Mm -hmm. of how are you going to deal with paying that back Mm -hmm. what do you have to account for you know so and and you know while a an attorney an accountant those things are the resources you should go to there still is going to need to be a conversation on the back end of this virus where people are going to need some guidance and have a safe space to talk about it as That's well. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, even it's not about getting the funds. It's one how, knowing what the funds are for, how Absolutely. to account for it. And the tax, the, the, I think just the whole count, like the accounting part of it is where most business owners struggle. Like anything numbers were like, holy cow. Right. <laughs> and I also think, you know, we contribute to a huge revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and that revenue stream is basically built on the backs of our small businesses and us as the owners that make up our industry. But 
none of us necessarily have the budget for staff who can help us understand legislation or lobby. That's a huge expense. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to see the coalition continue to grow. The knowledge that we're learning now, we can continue to cultivate and evolve so that we can continue to apply it for the betterment of our industry. I think yeah. that's, that need is going to continue to be there. So, so will we. Yes. What has been your biggest frustration so far? I know there's been, are there any, if any, but biggest frustration right now since you guys launched? It's, it's been a little challenging getting digital addresses for those in, <laughs> in uh, <laughs> office. You know, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's office was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, Senator Durbin's obviously was great. And uh, Senator Duckworth being they are senators is much easier. But House, House representatives are a lot more challenging. And then if you go into the state, uh, the state itself, it's, it's, it's pretty challenging. So we've had a frustration with that. Finding who who the correct information. Yeah, um, but we're getting through that, and that's through the support of the people that have uh, supported the coalition. Yeah, and it's amazing too that you guys haven't given up because this could be something where you started. You're like, oh, we tried. We can't find this. I'm going to go back to my life. But you guys are just pushing through, and you're seeing results by being persistent and keeping like having your passion. And like, I think the end goal is even enough to get you going, right? Mm -hmm. And just watching how people are coming together and embracing the the move. I call it a movement. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and this, you guys are just getting started. Um, how can pros event pros or anyone support you guys a little more at this time? I mean, I think, you know, we have a, we'll, I'll start and then I'll, we have a call to act like a couple calls to action. And that biggest thing right now is the letters. Um, and I'll have Michelle and Colin to speak to that, but then also too, I think it's really important to just help us get the word out. So, um, and, and share it and tell people about it. Cause like, I might have this network of vendors that I work with, but there's such, the industry is so robust here in Illinois. And so please share it. If all the followers can share it with their friends and then their friends share it with their friends so we can reach everyone that might not necessarily see my Instagram account because Instagram and Facebook and those things move so fast, mm -hmm. but to just kind of like get it out to everyone so that we, they know that people that might necessarily not see it then hear about it and know that we're there to support them. Um, so to be clear, you you would like event like we can help more by sharing the letters. No, oh, go ahead, Ali. Okay, go ahead, Just Michelle. I was gonna say. So what Ali's saying is, first and foremost, we have our letters that we're working on. Mm -hmm. That well, we drafted them and got them out. So we we got eighteen letters out. What we're now working on is making them available to our supporters. Okay. But before we get to that point, I think. To answer your question, how can people, where do people start in terms of supporting the organization? Yeah. Go to the website, ileventscoalition.com. Find us on Instagram, ileventscoalition. Find us on the Facebook group and follow those things. Yeah. On the website, there's a place next to resources. I believe it says join our cause. You can enter your name, your business name, and your contact information. That puts you on our site as a supporter. And it also puts you in our database so we can reach you when we have relevant data to share and relevant information. Going back to what Ali was saying about the letters, our big goal now that we as a coalition sent them out is to now make them accessible to the supporters. As I mentioned earlier, we have about 200 businesses that are already supporting that 
doesn't end, that number doesn't end at 200. There are several employees almost within every business. So we have lots of people in addition to businesses that are following us, which is great. Colin mentioned he was on a call today with the Live Events Coalition because what we're trying to do is create a very easy, you find online, here's how you want to send a letter to, to the rep in your district, boom, you can do it this way. Or you, would you like to email Mayor, Mayor Lightfoot? Okay, right here. So, and we already have some of that on the site. There's a petition that Live Events Coalition created that we feature on the site already. What we want to do, our next step, is make it as easy as possible. So many of our colleagues are moving weddings, dealing with canceled events, moving special events. We want to make this easy. So you do not have to write the letter if you choose not to. We will have it downloadable if you'd like to do that and personalize it. Uh, we, but we want to make it as easy as possible. And we're also, like Allie was great yesterday, she recorded our first webinar. That will go on the site as another resource so people can catch up. For those people that are like, okay, I want to learn more, that was a great place to start. And if you missed it, that's okay. Because as soon as the cloud is done doing whatever the cloud does, I don't understand the cloud. Um, <laughs> I have it now. <laughs> yeah, Allie understands the cloud. Colin understands the cloud. I do not. I am very cloudless. And, uh, and so, <laughs> and eventually that will be up there too. So that's one way they can start. And then going back to what Ali was saying in terms of sharing, social media platforms in this industry are huge. Yeah. Everything we do is visually based, right? Akesha, you and I have spoken so often about how like photographers like Colin are like the gatekeepers, right? Because they capture everything we do. And then we share it all on social media. We want yeah, to engage yeah. and we want to, and you know, really allow our followers to know who we are and what's important to us. Now is the perfect time when events are at a standstill to consider utilizing your platforms, static posts, stories, Twitter. Twitter is huge still. Facebook, yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. These are great places you can find us. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. Find us share with your own platforms, connect back to us, and encourage the people that you care about to find us. So what I will do in the show notes is just link everything, but okay. I remember there's yeah. a link to download all the graphics where they can now reshare. And so, cause I shared on Facebook and people were asking like, is it okay to reshare? So mm -hmm. I was like, of course. Please so, do. But I think that um, we can link that in the show notes and everyone can start to share. Um, is there a hashtag for the coalition yet? We use Save Illinois Events because we feel like that's really relevant. Um, and I also want to give one quick shout out, but I'm going to toss it to Allie to do this. It was really important. I know Akeshi's going to appreciate this. It was really important to all three of us that our branding spoke in a clean and very clear voice as yes. to what we were doing and, and how to really easily engage with people who we just asked to share on their platforms. Allie, do you want to talk a little bit about how you got that done and who you worked with? I think she deserves a major shout out. By the way, the branding is, I think I told you, Michelle, yeah. there's something about the colors and the, the text that makes me feel super calm. So I love the branding. Good. And it doesn't feel overwhelming. Yeah. It, it's very inviting. So I love that. Yeah, so it's a friend of mine, uh, Angela DeVoe. She is the editor and publisher of Wedlux Magazine, a beautiful magazine that is based um, out of Ontario, Canada. But then she also owns a design company as well. So she's does, I mean, she's done coffee table books. Uh, she's done um, logos for people. She manages people's uh, social media. And so she was instrumental. We were, she's also a good friend. So we were talking and I said, 
hey, I'm, I'm up to this. And she said, let me design a logo. So we, yes, exactly. Yeah. And, um, it's her company is cloud nine agency. Um, and they did the logos. She's helped us with the graphics. She's continuing to create stuff for us. So huge uh, shout out to Angela. You know, I kind of tasked her with doing a logo and told her what we were up to. And then like within hours, there was, you know, six options and, and wow. it was incredible. So we thank her and she's been a huge supporter as well as will continue to help us with all of the graphics that we share with our followers that will help us then also to um, continue to get the word out and continue with the calls to action. Yeah, I love red looks, but I didn't know that. Yeah, so I had a feature last year, but I didn't know that. And the the branding is, it's literally on point. Um, also, Akeshi, yeah. one of the one of the pieces of knowledge that you share on a really frequent basis that I love is going to tie into what Ali was just talking about. You say a lot when you set a goal that until you see a graphic, it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> and I want you to know. No, I'm serious. I listen. I follow you. Right. You're not just my Does friend. That trigger something when you saw yes, the logo. Well, it, like, oh my goodness. We were in my hat when Allie and I were creating the logo. That I was like bound determined like it will be real when i see yeah. a logo because i had i heard you in my head i just want you to know that yeah i know it's amazing that's so we talk about action steps all the time we can talk about it all we want but then when you take action it triggers the next action right so from the logo you have the website yay mm -hmm. colin yeah, i didn't know you had colin. those skills in you by the way so yay you neither did he really <laughs> <laughs> no, the website of, well i guess i could do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you guys are doing it listen there's always things we want to fix later there's always things but done is better than perfect yep, yep. that yeah. it's live and it's happening um, yeah. you guys are doing this out of the just goodness of your hearts and again no one is you know, I was going to ask, and I hope it's okay to ask in terms of like even funding, how, how you guys are buying the domains and paint, you know, you guys are doing this on your own. Yes. 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 Which is beyond, like, that's huge kudos to you guys. I mean it. Like, this is insane. This is insane. And it's, and it's coming from people I actually know. So then I feel like I, I, have, to, <laughs> I, I have to set my game up. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, slacker. You're a real slacker. Yeah, cashier. I know I'm slacking. Jesus, no, you're not. Nice <laughs> no, you guys are motivated. Like, you know, and, and I'd love to surround myself with people that do great stuff that motivate me and then motivate our listeners. And this is, this is a lesson to everyone listening to just like, don't dwell in the negative and take action where you can and put your money where you're like Michelle said, um, don't just talk about it, be about it. So this is yeah. you guys doing exactly Absolutely. That. Um, so we can't wrap up without a few things. So I want to talk about COVID because that's our unfriendly visitor. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk about COVID and the symptoms and all that stuff because we know that that's what the, you know, the professionals are for. But I want to talk about lessons from COVID. You know, what's the one thing that COVID-19 has taught you as a person, as a business owner, whatever the case may be? For me, like, like, we're all <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this. Um, I feel very fortunate mm. in my life, always. What COVID, what coronavirus and COVID-19 have brought into my life with new resolve is that gra there were depths to gratitude that I had not reached. Mm. And, there, and there were depths to how gratitude with how fortunate I am in life that I had not discovered. I am, I am currently not able to do my job. I cannot plan events. My restaurants are not 
fully functional. Our One of them is closed. Our venue is currently closed for the safety of everyone out there in Illinois, right? But I'm still fortunate because I, I have a roof over my head. I have food on my table. My parents are healthy. My father lives with interstitial lung disease and he's healthy. And my husband is healthy. My loved ones like you and Allie and your loved ones, we're okay. So one, uh, COVID has reminded me to remember that. Two, this is gonna sound really contrite, but not every day is good, but I have learned there is something good in every day. Mm. And, I, and I, really, I really value that very overly said sort of little saying uh, because it reminds me to stay focused in my head. Um, and I think also the last thing that I would say is this that I've learned up until for the last year, up until when COVID started, in our brand within the restaurant, we had some massive transitions, as everyone on this call knows, but many of your listeners probably don't because we weren't very public with it. Um, we lost a family member who was um, um, uh, an operations director for very many years, and it was time to sever that relationship, and the branding needed a resurgence. There was a lot going on in the restaurant, so we were very much in a private pandemic, and what I learned there I'm applying now, which is resilience. And I will just leave you with this little piece. My family's restaurant started in 1941. My grandfather opened it in a time of war. It is built from scrap wood from the Chicago fire in the 1870s. The building was built wow. in 1874. Literally my entire family is generations of entrepreneurs who are built off of a foundation of scrap wood from a crisis. So wow. what I am finding during this time is my resiliency and my tenacity and, and my creativity because I, there is a lot I can't do. There's a lot I can't control. Allie and I talk about this all the time, the lack of control when we're all type A. There's a lot I can do and I'm focusing on that. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. I love and that. I've learned too that like even in like, the, oh, sorry. Go I ahead. I was going to give a shout out. Oh. I was going to give a shout out to Jen and Drew Daddy, by the way, because <laughs> last night's dinner, let me tell you guys, I was knocked out by 9.30 because it was my husband's genius to order every protein on the menu. And I indulged in everything and it was the best dinner. And it was so fresh and it was so good. The best dinner Thank I've you. had since I've been in quarantine. Cause I'd be it was fun. I just literally had my leftovers at this for, for lunch. I was like licking the bones. I'm being honest. <laughs> so if you guys haven't Thank checked you. out Jean, I'm not saying that because she's my friend and I love her. I do, but the food was amazing. And I think it's important for us to support any small business right now in restaurants, any way you can, instead of spending money, you know, giving it to a grocery and support them, but we can support restaurants too. So if you yeah. work in a lot, Thank maybe you, you dine out, you know, you order food once and support another business. I think that's super important and people will remember that, but it was amazing. Allie's going to transition to meatballs now. <laughs> I am. I was going to say like what I learned during COVID. Well, the yeah. meatballs give me life, but. Oh, I haven't um, tried that. Okay. Oh yeah. We order 20 at a time. We make them. I just, anyway. Um, I love you. <laughs> I, yeah. But the one thing I think that I've learned is that uh, even during advert, like these, like these horrible, these horrible times, right? And that um, life continues and we keep mm. living. So mm. when people say like things are on pause, I'm like, they aren't. Time is moving. 24 hours happens. Mm -hmm. And what you do when you wake up 
to when you go to bed matters. Um, and, and that's one thing that I feel that, cause I should be really busy right now where I don't have time to talk to Michelle and talk to you and do these things that we're doing right now because we have a little more time to do it. And it's taught me that like, even when I go back to being busy and when I go back to working as much as we do during that heavy wedding season from April to October is that I need to remember that even though I'm busy, I still have a life. I still have friends. I still have family that loves to hear from me. And I think it's just, it's, I think it'll, it has changed me and everyone. I think yes, forever. Wow. And, yeah. And, um, and I don't, I don't thank it. Cause I don't want to like, I'm not, I'm grateful that this has happened to make me stop, that it will change the way I think about the day and the times when we get busy Mm. yeah i was saying like we need to hold on to these lessons even when it's over because it's easy to kind of go back to your norm but i think we need to hold on to these these uh, like lessons that really like i feel like i'm awake now for the first time 100 percent yeah like calling there's a it's a okay it's interesting that you say that because um i saw something the other day it's it's interesting you know there's probably a few parents out there that are listening to this and you know one of the things that was said was you know oh gosh i've got to you know take care of my kids 24 7. well the flip side of that well that is hard though it is and and there is no discrediting that whatsoever props to all the parents out there teaching right now but you know the flip (laughs) side of that as well is that those kids when they grow older they're gonna be able to look back and say i spent so much time with my parents Mm -hmm. yeah that's gonna be a really cool a really cool reality for them that's a silver lining. So is what you're saying you're so happy you're spending all this time with me? Absolutely. <laughs> I knew that's what you were getting at. <laughs> and don't you forget it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's amazing and it's it's true in so many levels like there you know I would say like let's one let's be healthy and then do what we control what we can, but let's focus on what we're learning and how we're evolving and how we're changing and how we're, what we're learning. Like I'm learning, like I, my lesson was like, I haven't given myself enough self-love. 100%. As an entrepreneur. And I'm, 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 I'm actually getting to know myself and giving myself two hours of unconditional love, at least in a day. Yeah. And yeah. So that's amazing. Okay, so first of all, I and I I have so many questions. This has been this has been amazing. I think like um, people are going to learn so much about what you guys are doing, and I think this is going to inspire a lot of people. This is going to start a chain of you know events for other states and other entrepreneurs, and again, just re inspire us to just do something. You know, it's, I'm, I'm thinking of what I can do right now, but what I can do is support you guys and yeah. really just share any way possible. So I, I just want to acknowledge you guys for your efforts and the love that you guys selflessly pouring into our industry during a time of crisis that you're also experiencing. So it's not like you guys are doing great and everybody's doing so well. You guys are doing this while experiencing a crisis. So I want to take a minute to acknowledge you guys, Colin, Michelle, Ali, for what you guys are doing. Thank you. Really Thank you. Okay, so we end the podcast with a few questions, so I can't end without that. Um, and on a lighter note, like it, I was asked two things, right? And you can go as quickly as you want. What is your definition of success? Because I ask this from every guest because 
um, everyone listening is aiming for something. They want to be successful. And sometimes people don't even have a definition of what success is for them. So I like to share successful entrepreneurs like you guys, your definition of success so it can help people redefine or define their definition of success. So I'll start with Ali since you're, you're here. How do you define success? Oh God. I mean, it's, it, it's always shifting, right? Uh, it was different as I, cause I've been in the business for so long, but for me, like defining success of just having happy and healthy clients <laughs> that love their events. Um, and that for me is really important. And I hold on to that during this time is that I know that they're, they're, while we're on pot, like while we're like holding with events right now, um, one thing that will always bring me back is just to see this, the, the end of the day, the client is happy. And that to me is what can define that very thing that I hold on to right now, especially. Amazing. So while Ali is being very, very sweet and all that stuff, uh, I will go a slightly different route. <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all running businesses. And I think something that I've said uh, for many years is, is that I'd love to make money while I sleep. <laughs> I love that's it. Definition of success for you? Well, but I think that's, like something that's you know, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, right? I, I think that's a component, you know? And so I've always thought that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like from a greedy standpoint, it's just like, that'd be yeah. really cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Colin, do you watch Billions, by the way, on Showtime? Not yet. Oh my goodness, please start. What is this show? I, I have so much time I want to oh, watch. It, so if you're an entrepreneur and you love like what you said, it's just so inspiring. It's called Billions. Okay. I okay. am number one. They literally like DM me because I'm always like tagging them. Um, <laughs> the show for me is so inspiring. What, sh it what channel is it on? Showtime. Okay, what's your login and your password? <laughs> right? <laughs> And this is not a paid ad, but I'm telling you, right now. <laughs> billions, if, if you ever feel unmotivated, just watch one episode, um, mm -hmm. then it will re-inspire you. And he, the, literally the most uh, recent episode, he talked about making money while you sleep. So I there thought you, go. you got that from the show. And I think you guys would love it, especially Colin, <laughs> if that's your definition of success. Michelle, what's your One of them. <laughs> one of them. For me, I lead a really interesting life because I have team members who are a part of our restaurants, team members that are a part of our venue, team members that are a part of my planning company, and team members that are a part of the, the group that care for my horses. As you all know, I'm an amateur equestrian in my spare time. And so there's a lot of shared uh, knowledge between all of us, and there's a lot of teaching on my part, because at the end of the day, whether I like it or not, I'm the decision maker. And my dad has an expression about um, stuff rolling downhill, right? When you're at the top of the pyramid. Mm. And so for me, the definition of success is when I can look at any one of those facets of my life. My favorite days are when it happens in symphony and it's all four. And the people that I am responsible with teaching and fostering come to me with questions that I can't necessarily answer, like sort of the scenario in which the student bests the teacher. That is my definition of success because what I have done is not just teach them a skill, say how to plan an event or how to run a restaurant, but they've, they've cultivated and curated their thought processes and they're going outside of the box. And I love that. So I feel always like a million bucks when someone questions me and I hear the question and I'm like, I, I don't think about that. You know, that's to me, that's like, I did my job. 
Wow. That's how I know I did my job. So that feels really good. Love it. Love it. Okay, my last question, and I'll let you go back to your rosé and your Netflix. If you could have lunch with anyone, who would it be? Anthony Bourdain. Okay, fair. Definitely Anthony Bourdain. And what question would you have asked him? Are you hungry? I'm just kidding. That's a great one. What's the best bourbon? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'd ask him, uh, what's the toughest place he's been? Because he's been to a lot of places. He's been to Libya. He's well, he, been to figuratively too. He had been you know, some tough places. Yeah, and figuratively too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and definitely. And we'd probably get really drunk. That's a good one. And eat a good yeah. meal. Mm. Michelle. So, because of the topic of conversation today, I'm going to answer this question very specifically and say. Normally, I would say something like my grandfather or Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo because I'm an Italian art history buff and I love the Renaissance. However, I'm going to evolve my answer today and say if I could have lunch with anyone right now, it would be Senators Duckworth and Durbin, Mayor Lightfoot and Governor Pritzker with Allie and Colin so that we could sit back. Allie's looking at me. We're on Zoom. She's like, I was going to say the same thing, damn it. But that's, I would definitely, I have them in, in a perfect world. I'd welcome everybody into Gene and Giorgetti for a great meal, nice round table, socially distanced, and have a really good conversation. That's where I would go today. I love so. that. And if you got a guy, you know, like they say, hey, I got a guy. If you got a guy that knows a guy that can get us in touch with those people, please. Yeah, <laughs> please. Just FYI, if you guys are wondering why Colin sounds uh, more amazing than all of us, he's using this fancy mic that he's going to share with me later. <laughs> but he's also a dude and his voice comes from his toes so it's like he just is all like smoky w- w- I did a mic to shame but yeah I, I love the audience. time is now 632 <laughs> um thank you yeah I, I was gonna answer you know I uh I, like without getting weepy I'll say it strongly and with fervor I want to have lunch with my mom mm. she is 83 yeah. and living in Connecticut and we talk although it's kind of hard to get her on the phone um, I think she, at one point she said, why are you calling every day? It's sort of annoying. Um, <laughs> Cause we don't, I usually don't have time to right? But so I just, I can't wait to have lunch with my mom. That's a good one. Yeah. And my dad, sorry dad, I love you too, but I got to see him at the beginning of March. So I just, I haven't seen my mother since Christmas. So. Great answer, Allie. Cause now my parents are going to listen to this and be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Mary and Tone are going to be like, oh, she doesn't want to have lunch with me. <laughs> So if you guys are wondering how why I love them so much, I'm sure you get you get it by now. Like we were like, we're gonna make this call 30 minutes because Ellie had a long day. Colin just got off a phone call. Michelle has been on the phone all day, and then we're still talking. So this is literally what we do. We get together, we brainstorm, we we inspire each other, we encourage each other, and then we take action. So we're not just talking. So this is why I have amazing friends, and this is why I can trick them to come in on the podcast with me. So. <laughs> Again, I can't thank you guys enough. You guys are amazing friends, but amazing creatives, amazing business owners, and you guys inspire me every single day. So I'm so impressed with what you're doing, and I, you know, cheers to you guys and the future of um, the coalition. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Um, But Akeshi, thank you from the bottom of our collective coalition hearts for having us on today. We love you. Guys, for coming. Love you guys. Thank you.
If you love today's show, tag me on social media at Cash Events. And to learn more about our amazing guests doing amazing things, there's more information in the show notes. I encourage you all to follow them and support them and do your bit to save the industry. Thank you so much for tuning in. Catch you next week.